friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey there, welcome to episode 135 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today I'm chatting with Elizabeth Rosenberg and we're talking all about stress and burnout. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for myself this time of year, fall, going into the holidays, it is always a really kind of stressful time and I hate that because it's one of my favorite seasons of the year. I love fall, I love the holiday season, it's cooler outside, You get to spend time with family and friends, and there's tons of fun activities to do. However, it also always feels so frenzied and stressful and overwhelming, and it goes by so fast. And ultimately, this time of year is always kind of associated with like this stress and burnout feeling. Now, coming from the photography world, this is when I start seeing all the posts from photographers who are like, I cannot edit another session. I am done. I'm not taking on this many sessions next fall. And inevitably they always do. But it's the time of year when we just kind of are done. And we've spent all year working our butts off. We have done all the things. And this time of year, we're just kind of like, I can't, I need to take a break. And so I want us to try to get to a point in our business and in our lives where we don't have this fade off at the end of the year, where we can go into the end of the year feeling more energized and excited and ready to start planning for the next year. And so this episode kind of touches on some things that you can do to help avoid that stress and that burnout sensation in your business and in your life. The other thing I want to talk about prior to this episode is in here, I would do a little kind of pre-update. So in the episode, Elizabeth gives some tips, and one of the things that she talks about is the idea of not keeping your phone by your bed at night. Now, this is a habit that I am terrible about. I have a little charging station next to my bed, and my phone, my watch, my earbuds, all those things go on the little charging station every single night. Well, the problem is, first thing in the morning, I grab for my phone, and I lay in bed for 15 minutes or so, checking emails, checking social media seeing what's going on. And so in this conversation, Elizabeth suggested, leave your phone in another room. That way, the first thing you do in the morning, you're not going to check your phone. And so I told her I was going to give this a try, and I have. So I want to give a little pre-update of how this is going. For the last two weeks, I have been leaving my phone in a little basket in our on our kitchen counter where I have a little charger plug-in. And I use my watch as my alarm every morning, so I don't have to worry about that. And I've tried to make a really good habit of not even checking my phone until I've dropped my kids off at school and I come back to the house. I don't even take it with me in the car. Their school's like five minutes away, so it's not like I'm going to need it in that time. And I use my morning time now to focus more on my kids and lunches and plans for the day, and it's going really well. Now, there's been one or two nights where I forgot and I just by habit put my phone on my bed. But even when I did that, I made a point to not check it first thing in the morning and just leave it sitting on the charging station. And I do notice my mornings are becoming more productive. I've also started when I go for a walk in the morning, I will put my phone on do not disturb so I can still listen to a podcast or music or I use I listen to Audible sometimes, but I'm not being interrupted by you know messages and emails and notifications. And so I save all of that for nine o'clock when I start my work day. And it has been really nice. So I have hopes that I'm going to continue this going forward. Now I'll have to kind of figure out a whole charging station situation and where I want to keep it. But for now, these two weeks that I've done it, it's been a really nice change. And it's been really nice to not have that 15 minutes where I start my day with kind of this like, oh, I have all these things I need to do today. I can start my day just focusing on the task that the morning tasks at hand. So I, we talk about that in this episode. I wanted to give a little pre update so you can kind of know like how that's going and it's going really well. So I encourage you to try that yourself. All right, guys, I have rambled and chatted on long enough. Let's get to my conversation today with Elizabeth Rosenberg. 
All right, guys, I am here with Elizabeth Rosenberg of The Good Advice Company. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I am really excited to dive into our conversation today. So let's get started with telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Great. Hi, Kendra. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Elizabeth Rosenberg, and I am the founder of The Good Advice Company. Uh, I actually quit my full-time marketing job on March 2nd of 2020, and knew I needed a change and kind of took a leap. So now I am a marketing and communications consultant um, for small brands, C-suite leaders, anybody who's in career transition. And then I also work with a lot of startups and brands kind of on their brand positioning and uh, value proposition. I love that. Well, I know we were talking before we hit record about a lot of really good stuff. So I am really excited to get into conversations with you because I feel like you and I have a lot of things that we um, have a kind of common ideas about. But what started our conversation was kind of the topic of not being defined by your job or a title in general. And this is something that I briefly mentioned to you, but like I struggled with a lot and I still kind of struggle with a little bit of that question of, you know, when people ask you like, what do you do? Or, you know, that kind of thing. And the idea that, okay, I went from being a teacher to being mom, to being business owner and all these kind of title shifts and that feeling of, okay, what am I? Like, who am I? What am I? How do I define myself? And I know you have lots of thoughts on that. So what are your, what are your, tell us, well, and you, and you kind of touched on your story too, about kind of the, how you got into the idea of not letting your job define you. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. I want to kind of get into that topic. Sure. Um, I, I think it was like six or seven years ago now. Um, I feel like we are, have all been in a time warp the last <laughs> two years, so I'm not totally sure on time. Um, I was working for a very high profile brand and company as their global head of communications. And I loved my job. And I say this because I think that people think that you can burn out only when you hate your job or when you've been working forever. And I think it's really a possibility that you can burn out at any point in your career, any point in your schooling. Um, there's a lot that kind of adds to it. But I ended up in the hospital um, with a migraine where I lost all of my motor skills. Um, they thought that I was either having a stroke or that I had had a drug overdose. And um, I decided to finally tell this story uh, last year. I wrote about it. Um, it was placed in Business Insider. I also have it up on my Medium page. And I think the scary thing, it was unbelievably relieving and kind of freeing to tell that story. But I also like cried a lot that day. It was like, it, I was really scared of kind of the shame that I would receive for having gotten myself to that place. Um, no one else was responsible for my burnout. I take full responsibility for it. Again, I loved my job. I just pushed myself too hard. And I wasn't listening to my body or, or my mind to tell me to slow down. But I got hundreds of emails, um, phone calls, LinkedIn, direct messages um, from people that felt the exact same way. So I think part of that, and then part of this kind of like healing journey that I've been on the last few years has really been about the realization that we should not be defined by our careers and by our titles. I think it's interesting when we get on Zooms, um, the very first thing that we do is we, we walk around the room, you know, the Zoom room, and we introduce each other by our jobs. This is so-and-so, and this is what they've done. Um, but we so rarely actually talk about who we are as people. Um, so my goal in the next uh, phase of my career is to help people do that. I want people to have a bio and I want people to have a personal brand that really reflects not only what you've done and what you're doing in your career, but also who you are as a person. Are you an empathetic leader? Um, are you a soccer mom? Are you a amazing chef? Are you crafty? Are you strategic? Like there's so many things I think that like redef- that, that can help redefine who we are, um, not just being pigeonholed into one thing. And I think our generation specifically um, has learned that our career is what we should be defined by. And it's interesting because the younger generation, the Gen Zs, like they don't really care how much money they make. They just want life experiences and they want to impact the world in a positive way. Um, I think there's a thing or two that we can learn from them on that front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was interesting because I was listening to a podcast a month or two ago, and they were um, talking about this exact topic and they were talking about it 
in a much larger sense as far as these women who had been imprisoned for crimes and things like this. And just the fact that they, you know, should not be defined by these one things or these women who, oh, I know they were talking to Reese Witherspoon at one point and they were talking about how there was this news article that came out. It wasn't even a news article. I won't give it that credit. It was like almost like a, you know, tabloid magazine, tabloid magazine. And it had like the five women who were nominated for this one award that year. And it had them ranked basically by their size, like how big they were, like physically big, not like, you know, status big. Yeah. It was literally by like their dress size. And she was like reading this article. She was like, I was livid. She goes, because nowhere in here, she goes, it's like, it was her and um, I mean, just like these huge name, I'm drawing a blank on the names right now, but like these huge name actresses who had accomplished not only like career wise had accomplished things, but had accomplished things like outside of their career yeah. that were life altering, you know, things that they had done for people and for the community and for all you know the environment or all whatever. And she's like, and here we are being narrowed down to our dress size. Or she's like, I've, yeah, she's, I've seen other articles where it's like how much money we make or, you know, how many awards we've won. She goes, those are not the things that should define us. And I was listening to that conversation and I believe it was her and Kristen Bell. There was a podcast they did episode that did together and, and they were going back and forth just to kind of about like this in the Hollywood industry. But I was like, it was this sort of light bulb moment of like, yeah, like even those of us who are not Hollywood status and who, you know, or who don't have all these you know claims behind us, but we are more than just the title that we hold. And I think that from, for me, the moment I realized that was, I've mentioned like the leaving the classroom and leaving that identity of, Oh, I'm a teacher. And there's this sort of, you know, clout that comes with that as far as like, Oh, I have a master's degree and I have, you know, all this experience and I have this career quote unquote career behind me. And when I left that behind, I had this little bit of identity crisis and it it was kind of eye-opening. I was like, why, why did I have an identity crisis? I still am the same person I was. I've still accomplished all the other things in my life I've accomplished. Why did that one job title feel so powerful in my life? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Well, I think too, like as we've been in a pandemic for the last two years and a lot of people have been, you know, dying and obituaries have been so much more, you know, um, publicly available to read than, than ever before. Right. I remember seeing some of them and thinking, cause we obviously had a, several people pass away in our industry. Um, thinking if I die tomorrow from COVID or get hit by a bus, right. It doesn't really make a difference at this point. Um, and they write in my obituary that I launched this campaign and that I did this, I will literally like come back and haunt everyone. I'm like, that cannot be my <laughs> legacy, right? Like I yeah. don't want to be, I don't want to be remembered for that. I want to be remembered as a woman that helped amplify the voices of others. I want to be remembered for, um, you know, helping um, underserved communities. Like there's just, it's so sad to me that like we are so defined by this, but I also think that like more and more people are talking about it. 
So um, that's where change comes from. So it's exciting to be able to discuss this with you. Yeah. So, okay. I'm curious if you have ideas on this. What are some things that we can do differently? Like I know you mentioned probably was like the idea of going, you know, you get into a Zoom room with all these people. And the first thing we do is we go around the room and we kind of define ourselves by, you know, what we do or who we are. What are some other ways that we can advocate for different conversation starters other than I am this? And I, and I thought about this even in like the realm of, you know, I have two kids. And so we do a lot with other parents and we're at sporting events and class activities and all these things. And one of the first questions that gets asked is, oh, what do you do? You know, oh, do you work? What, you know, what do you do for a living? Or what does your husband do? And I'm always kind of stuck on like, what other, what are some other things we can talk about? <laughs> what are some other kind of like icebreaker conversations we can have that we can start creating this normalcy around asking something other than what do you do? Yeah. It's interesting. I think that um, when you get into a Zoom room, I'm not sure what the answer is, right? I don't know because I think that right now we need validation of external ideas in order to feel like we are in a room with our peers. So yeah. that to me is like very, it's, it's hard to get around because when someone says, oh, I'm so-and-so and I worked for this brand, you're immediately validated because you're, everyone knows that brand or you know what I mean? Like it gives you, gives you cred. Um, the question that I always like to ask people is like, what brings you joy? Ooh, I like um, that. It is a very hard question to answer though, because I actually don't think a lot of people know what brings them joy. Yeah. Um, so I get a lot of um, empty faces <laughs> or like blank faces <laughs> when I ask, but I also love that I'm that that people are now thinking about that because I also think in the last year I've really and and this kind of wellness journey that I've been on that I've been trying to document, which has also been fascinating. Um, I wanted to get to a point where I wasn't having migraines anymore. And I know I'm sure there's so many women in your audience who, who listen to this podcast, who suffer from migraines. It's stress, hormones, food, environment. The triggers are just, I mean, there's like billions of people that get them. So I did everything. I like everything. I did past life regression. I saw a Chinese medicine woman. I have done acupuncture, but I've also done like allergy shots twice a week for three years. Like I'm on Imitrex. Like I've done everything you possibly can to try to make it better. Um, and it is in many ways getting better. Um, and I just totally lost my train of thought of where I was going with my healing journey. Um, oh no, here we go. Um, the difference, one thing that I learned through this experience was the difference between happiness and joy. Mm. Getting back to this. Happiness is can be very fleeting. It's something that I think happens it's like a rush and then it kind of goes away. I think joy is sustaining. And once you can find that and you can find things that bring you joy, it will really, um, it will just kind of remain with you. There's a book um, written by, or it's about the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu called the book of joy. And I highly recommend, like, I highly recommend everybody. It's a pretty, it's been out for a few years, but you just read it and you're like, Oh, I want to get there. (laughs) That's that's my goal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that what people, and I haven't read the book, so tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the interesting thing that people will find through that process is that happiness, in my opinion, happiness is something that could possibly be bought. You know, like it's, you go on a vacation or you buy a new thing or you get the new outfit or you go have a spa day. But joy is something that you don't have to go like get external stuff from. It is spending time with people. It's conversation. It is, um, you know, reading a book or learning something new. It's those kinds of things that I know, like when you, if you ask me that question, what brings me joy? Those are the things that bring me joy. It's having deep conversations with people. It's getting to know somebody. It is sitting outside and listening to it rain or watching the sunset Mm -hmm. or, you know, like it's, it's those kinds of things. And I think that, you know, a lot of times they get mixed up between like that happiness and that joy. Um, And I just, I don't know. I think we need more joy. (laughs) I mean, not that we need less happiness. Happiness is great. Totally. Joy is longer lasting. I love exactly sustaining. And I love that you know what brings you joy. Like so quickly. You you were like, this is what brings me joy. Um, I think that that's awesome. Because it ties so much to get like really ties into your love language too. 
right? Of um, And that's something that it's so funny that I don't think a lot of people pay enough attention to. Um, as a manager, it's, it's like one of the tips that I give everybody if you're managing any kind of people um, or even with your group of friends is like really asking each other, what is your love language? Um, and because people tend to love with their love language, not the love language of how someone else wants it to be received. So yeah, once you 100%. know that, it is such a game changer. I mean, there's some friends that I know that if I send a handwritten card just to say, I'm thinking of you, it will, it will make their entire week. Yeah. And I'm like, that was so easy for me to do, but I knew that I needed to do that. Cause I knew that that's what, what, what they needed. And that's what would yeah. make them happy. So well, I, I talking found, about like, that for me. Important. Oh yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, in personal relationships and also like in, even in your business relationships, like you may not know them on that level, but being able to like, again, going back to finding ways to ask those questions mm-hmm. of, you know, what is it that people can do for you that are going to, that feel extra special? Um, I know like my, we have our, our little group of friends, our pod, you know, that we kind of do everything with. And I'm personally obsessed with like learning about myself. Like you said, you know, it's impressive that I know the things that bring me joy because that's something I find very interesting. And it's kind of my own way of, um, I know you don't like this word, but my own therapy for myself is, is understanding who I am and why I do the things I do and what makes me tick. And through that process, I've kind of forced my, my close circle of friends to do the same thing. And yeah, it makes such a difference because they know for me, it's acts of service and it's gifts comes in second. Like, but if you, sorry, not acts of service, quality time. Spending time with me. If you said, Hey, let's go, you know, for your birthday, let's go to lunch. Let's go have a nice long lunch. No kids, just the two of us or, you know, our Mm -hmm. group of girlfriends or whatever. That means more to me than you sending me a text or a birthday card. And I know that that takes more time for people. So I have to give a little bit of grace there. But at the same time, like, I also know that, like, when I say, Hey, let's go grab lunch for your birthday. For somebody who doesn't appreciate that, that may stress them out, just having to yeah. schedule in time and get a sitter or do whatever. So I think it is really important that we understand ourselves enough to also but then be able to say, hey, you know what? I would I know that that's probably something that's really special to you, but for me, like I just it's gonna give me too much extra stress or whatever. Like let's let's figure out of something else, you know, maybe not in those words, but just being yeah. self-aware of that kind of stuff. I was going to say, you have so much awareness around that, which I think is great. Cause obviously you've, the work that you've done is, is evident. Um, and again, we can kind of mention the thing. It's not that I don't like the word therapy. Cause I think everyone should be in therapy. <laughs> it's that, that I don't think it has a great connotation in this, mm-hmm. it, in this time. Um, it's one of those words that I'd love to just like rebrand, like needs new logo, needs a new, you know what I mean? It needs everything. Like what yeah. kind of cool colors can we put to it? Like on my marketing brain is just like, Oh my God, like <laughs> what do we, what if we what did just call it coaching? Or I also love therapy that gives you homework that actually like teaches you about yourself and about others. Um, but on the other side, I, I really think your friends and yourself are so lucky that you have such foresight and awareness of what makes you happy, but then also what makes others happy, but that won't do any good if people don't have the ability to talk about it. Cause I also yeah. think that like, I think as women and especially women in our, you know, thirties, forties, and fifties, um, grew up in a time where we weren't as vocal of what we needed. We just kind of like, you know, went with the flow. Um, and I think the best lesson that I have learned, I'm now in my mid forties, um, is that I need to not um, take personally something that upsets someone else. Mm-hmm. That's their that's their journey. That's you know what I mean. Like, and unless I of course had something to do with it, of where then I need to you know be aware of 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 my role in it. But I also just think that I've really surrounded myself, and I think a lot of people did in the last year and a half you kind of like weeded out the friends. You're kind of like, this is not great for me, but you're the people that I'm really like, you know, that I need in my life right now, by the way. I mean, that was what a, what a, um, what a gift of the pandemic to give that to us. Right. Um, but having the, uh, awareness and kind of like, 
I don't know, strength and bravery to have conversations that we haven't had before about our needs, um, I think is a, a truly a great gift of uh, being an adult woman. If, if yeah. <laughs> how we do that. Well, and you know? I think that's, you know, so I'm turning 40 in two weeks at the time of this recording. By the time this comes out, I'll already be, already be there. Your Thank 40s you. are the best. I'm not going to lie. I always thought that that was a joke. And I have to say turning 40 was just <laughs> the best. I love it. I go back and forth. So I have days where I'm like, oh, I'm turning 40. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'd hear people say like, my, my mind doesn't match my age. Like I feel younger than 40. Um, I, it all is just, it's just a number. But then I have days where I'm just like, no, this is going to be great. Like mm-hmm. this, it, I've come so far from where I was in my twenties to my thirties. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just like, I have no problem like saying what I need, saying what I want, going for it. Like I, I don't have the weight of other people's opinions on me as much as I used to. Like they, I, they just don't matter as much as they used to. And it's so funny because I have some of these clients that I work with that are younger. They're in their like late twenties, early thirties. They're just starting a business and they're trying to figure out what they want to do. And it's, it's so interesting to look back at like, look at where they are and see like see myself at that point, which is good because I can help them through that and help them kind of sidestep some of those other things. But I do think that like the older you get and the more comfortable you are with who you are mm-hmm. as a person and the less you apologize for that, the less that are, the more you're able to say, this is, this is who I am. Like take it or leave it. I'm not going to change who I am to make you more comfortable around me. I'm not going to change who I am so that you are happier. It's just, this is who I am. And this is what I want for my life. And if that's not what you are okay with, then this isn't going to work out. And I do think that the last two years has been very eye-opening for all of us. But I also think that it's, it is an age thing. Like you said, you just kind of have to pay your dues in some senses when you're younger And then the older you get, and not to say that there aren't younger people who are more self-aware and that they're, like you said, you know, the Gen Z's are already kind of get starting off at that point. But those of us that are in our thirties, moving into our forties, I do think there's a lot of things that there's a lot of baggage that we carry, but there's also a lot of growth that we're going through, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of seesaw that you're on sometimes. Well, the thing that I like to tell everybody too is obviously since I had such a rock bottom, um, both, I mean, it was emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, I I hit the bottom on everything. Um, I only had enough to go, uh, but it was a very like slow incline. It was a, (laughs) it was, you know, it's been a process. And I think that the most important thing is that to remind yourself, there is no end you are always going to be on your journey. There are always going to be other things in life, obstacles, um, issues, life events that just kind of like, you know, pop in when they are least expected and um, will kind of throw you a little bit, but you learn from those too. Um, I also think too, that like one of my biggest pet peeves with people when they are in a transitional phase is that everyone has advice for them. The irony that my company is called The Good Advice Company. Um, but everyone has advice for them. And everyone says, oh my God, you have to do this. This is what worked for me. And I think that there needs to be um, some, as you like to say, grace, which I think is such a great word for this. The fact that like what works for one person is not going to work for another. Um, if I am seeing a metaphysical healer and that was the thing that just like, you know, really helped me get past that, that um, that situation or kind of like made, made real progress for me emotionally and spiritually. Um, a regular therapist might be a better, you know, a better outlet for someone else or a better tool for someone else. So um, I think that's the funniest thing. Cause especially as like a lifelong migraine sufferer, my entire life, I've had people tell me, Oh my God, just do this. And you'll feel so much better. And especially in my like twenties, my thirties, I was like, okay, great. I will do anything. And I mean, the amount of time and money and effort and mental capacity I have put into an emotional, honestly, into things that worked for others that I hoped would work for me was a lot. But again, what if one of those things worked and I didn't try it? 
Yeah. That would have been, that yeah, been better. Well, I mean, it, every parent knows, every new parent knows the amount of advice you get as a new totally. parent from people. And so I am so aware of like, when I have no people who are having babies, I just keep my mouth shut unless they ask me because I know how frustrating that is when every aunt Sally and grandma Sue and your friend down the street that had a baby, you know, two years ago wants to tell you every little thing about what you should or shouldn't be doing or what worked for them or what didn't work for them, you know? And I'm like, you just got to figure it out. And, I, and I'm all for like, yeah, if I ask, if I'm, if I'm asking for advice on anything, I'm going to take the advice you give and I'm going to do what I you know, want to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we need to be careful. And the same thing with business, you know, this is one of my pet peeves too, is you go on Facebook and you go through Facebook groups and somebody comes with a question of like, Hey, does anybody have, I saw this just the other day and it was, I took everything in me not to comment on this. They'll say like, Hey, does anybody have any suggestions for a great, you know, program to use for, I can't remember what they were trying to do, affiliate programs like that. And you, you read the comments and it's not even just people giving like, oh, hey, we use this as our, for our company. It's been great. Or, oh, try this or look into this. It's people trying to convince you not to use one at all. They're like, oh, I, I don't think you need to have an affiliate program. You need to do X, Y, and Z instead. Or, you know, they'd be like, <laughs> like you don't oh, know me. <laughs> we, I know they're like, oh, affiliate programs didn't work for us. You know, and I'm like, no, this is not, <laughs> this drives me crazy. I'm like, it's not, I don't need your opinion on anything other than what I asked for. Or if I didn't ask for an opinion at all, don't give me your opinion. So I, I just went off on a tangent there. But no, no, no. But the thing, that I, the, the thing that I learned most in the last two years about this though, is that people are offering their advice and people are offering their opinion and counsel. Um, not because, first of all, because they like hearing themselves talk often, um, but also because they actually are genuinely trying to help. So when I put that lens on of like, someone is telling me it's like, okay, I, I, now I'm in my head going, I get that you're trying to help. Like it's going to, you know, it'll be fine. I remember being with my sister and my niece was like 18 months old. She hundred percent needed an app. We were in line at the grocery store and she was exhausted. And this woman was like, she's tired. She needs a nap. And She wasn't, this woman wasn't trying to be rude. It wasn't trying to be anything. You could tell that she was another mom who was sympathetic. And I thought my sister was going to like punch this woman in the face. Um, But as we got in the car, I was like, it just, just take with a grain of salt that she was trying to be helpful. And like, let's just leave it at that. So sometimes it's just like, we're not in the mindset to um, receive or just even filter out, right? What people are trying to help and what they're not trying to help with. I don't know. I, I, I have been much better at that. Cause I got to tell you, and especially in my twenties and thirties, I was just like, I, Oh my God, no, no more with the advice. <laughs> this is crazy. Unsolicited yeah. is the worst. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey photographers. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. 
You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah. Well, and that kind of takes me back to like the burnout thing, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, it can feed into burnout is, is trying to listen to too many sources, you know? And unfortunately that's where social media becomes the, you know, you have to take the good with the bad sometimes is that it can be a source for unsolicited information or advice 24 seven if we allow ourselves to consume it. And I know for me personally, now I haven't had the burnout that like you've had with physical burnout, the symptoms of that, but the emotional, the mental, the, all that has been there. And I think that when I look back at that, I think a big piece of it has been like trying to take in more than I could handle. And it caused me, I know like a perfect example, this was the, I, you know, back when, I guess it was in, yeah, in 2020 when we were trying to, like schools were just deciding if they were going to reopen in person or virtual. Do you send your kids? Do you not send your kids? You know, and I'm in the midst of trying to like build my business and I'm like, I've got kids home and I'm trying to grow my business. And I, I just want, love my kids. I wanted them out of the house for a couple hours a day so I could get things done. And just the amount of information and people giving their thoughts and their opinions of you should do this, but don't do this. And Oh, I keep, you're, you're selfish if you do this, but you're selfish if you do that and all the things. And I was like, I cannot consume anything else or I will be on a ball on the floor crying. And so I think that like part of that avoiding burnout is knowing when to shut off the source of the unsolicited, you know, advice. Oh, I mean, like, I, yeah, I have lots of, I mean, I have lots of tips. Most of my tips are, I mean, so many. Um, again, I'm going to give you a bunch of advice that you guys can take Let's or leave at this point. Yeah. Um, most of my tips are for like a, a team, a corporate team, but I think a lot of them fall into this um, category of burning out at any at, at any job that you're at. And I, I motherhood to me is a job. Yes. It is the hardest job because it is a gazillion jobs. So it is upsetting to me that no one has really like written about burning out as a mom. I know that people have been people have written about burning out as a, a, a businesswoman and a mom and a wife and a cook and a cleaner and all of the things that we've all been doing throughout the you know throughout the entire um, pandemic. Um, but just the job of being a mom um, and all of the jobs that that entails, I don't think enough people are discussing that it's that you can burn out from it and that it's something you can't escape from, right? Like I burned out from my job and then I quit two months later. Yeah. Like you can't just like quit being a mom. It, it's, this is a lifelong role that you've taken on and the hardest job there is, I think. Um, but in terms of kind of like tips that you can do, I know that most people don't want to do this. Cause I also think, think that people see social media as an outlet, but um, removing social media from your phone will change your life. Um, well, I have to say, just on a side note, the day that we're recording <laughs> this, so Facebook and Instagram are down today. There's like, everything's down. Facebook right and Instagram, after the whistleblower. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of okay with this today. Like I, I have not checked my phone apps in several hours and I don't hate that. And I know that there are people who like remove the app from their phone on the weekends and things like that. And um, I've done like where I set timers so that like at a certain time of day, like they just, they go, they gray out and I can't get into them without overriding the, you know, the, the shutdown the time, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the system. Yeah. And it it really does help because the amount of times that I check my phone. So like check social media on my phone and like not consciously, like subconsciously doing it when I'm stopped at a red light or I'm sitting at the table, it's ridiculous, but it, we don't, realize how much it's seeping into our brains all the time. It is a drug and there's an algorithm to keep making you check. So the other thing too, is to really check on the notifications on your phone um, and what that looks like. Uh, Are you getting notifications breaking news? Um, As someone who is in marketing communications, 
honestly, that's been the hardest part of my job the last two years is I have to know what's going on in the news in order to do my job well. What has been going on in the news has also been like killing me at the core. There's just like, there's, it's just too much. There's just, it's all like just too much sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because the advice that I get from everybody is like, just turn off the news. And I'm like, I, I would love to do that. Or like, just get off social media. Like that would be a dream, a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have definitely curbed the notifications. I have zero news notifications on anything, on my computer, on my phone, on anything. Um, my social media, I, I only have um, Twitter and Instagram on my phone. And I have locks on those according to when I can use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I do this for a living. So if you don't do this for a living, this is something that like, I promise you, you can do. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, I don't sleep with, and this is, I think might be a little harder for some other people, but I don't sleep with my phone in my room. Um, I have it in the living room. I have it turned up really loud on my do not disturb. So if there is a family emergency, people can get through. Um, but I do not have it in my, in my room at all. Yeah. That's that a smart years, idea by the way to do. <laughs> It's hard. Well, and so, you know, we do that with like all of our other devices, like the kids' iPads and things like that all have to be, they all go in one spot at night to charge. And I was like, I've thought about doing that with my phone. Um, And I have like an Apple watch that I wear and that's my alarm. My phone used to be my alarm. Now my Apple watch is my alarm. And so I don't really need the phone right next to my bed. And for me, what I find is like when I, the first thing I do when when my alarm goes off is I roll over and I grab my phone and I check my notifications or I check my email or my Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then I lay there for 15 minutes. And then I'm just like frustrated with myself. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? But if I were to put that somewhere else and even say like, Hey, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get the kids ready for school. I'm going to drop them off. And then I'll come home and check. And I know that like the do not disturb, if somebody really needed us in the night, yeah. like it would ring on my, my watch as well. Um, but I may start trying that because I think that's a really interesting experiment to see how much better, how, you know, do I sleep better? Will I have better morning routines because I'm not reaching for my phone first thing in the morning? Um, and the notification thing too, I think that's so smart because again, going back to like knowing yourself really well, like I have learned a lot about the amount of information I can consume and still have a healthy mental state over the last couple yep. of years. And I am not somebody who like, I can't sit and watch the news a whole lot. I cannot have news on my feed at all because it stresses me out. I don't like conflict. I don't like discord. I don't like any of that stuff. And so luckily my husband is somebody who can consume a lot of that. So I let him filter <laughs> the information to me that way. Yeah. Because I just, I've learned, I'm like, I know myself well enough to that when I have anxiety attacks, when I have moments where I am literally in the closet, like on the floor sobbing, it's because I've consumed too much of stuff that I have no control over right now. And that doesn't need to be taking up my brain space. Mm -hmm. And so I have been able to find ways to filter that. And that's like, some people will say that it's me putting my head in the sand. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's me knowing my boundaries and knowing what I can consume and when I can consume it. And well, then and that's so, yeah. so smart. Cause I think the other thing too, is, you know, your boundaries. I think a lot of people don't know their boundaries. Um, you need to, another really good tip that I have is you need to create little ones before you can create big ones. So yeah, like really I good. have, I have a boundary where I really do not answer emails after 5 PM <laughs> or on weekends, unless it is like necessary, because I also feel like that helps other people create boundaries. And I also want people to know that like, I'm cognizant of the fact that like, this is your nighttime and this is your weekend and we need to all do a better job about not working around there. Um, but for, I think, especially mothers setting a boundary. And I don't, you know, I know that this is so hard, especially if you've got a bunch of kids who are all in sports, who are all in school, who all need to be in different places. Um, but creating even small windows of time of just, you know, even if you're like doing a breathing exercise in the car for five minutes, um, but having a routine is, is what's a game changer. So to your point, like you've got a routine right now of my phone goes off. I lay in bed for 15 minutes. I look at that. 
start a routine where that's just your alarm goes off and then you get out of bed. Yeah. And then I mean, you're not I've allowed always to your thought, until you shower, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought like, I would love to be one of those people that gets up in the morning and has like a five minute, like yoga stretch something. Cause that's, you know, like that's one of the ways I really enjoy starting my day is like feeling you know, refreshed and energized. And that's what does it for me. But if I lay in bed for 10 or 15 minutes and stare at my phone, that and then I'm like, oh crap, I got to get up and start doing stuff. I don't, I, I start my day rushed and behind. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I could start it, you know, without even thinking about that stuff and like, and the other problem that happens is I will look at my phone. I'm like, oh, I got an email from this person. I got, you know, yeah. a, a task reminder for this. And then my brain immediately goes into work mode and it's like, okay, what all do I need to get done today? What all do I need to accomplish today? Whereas if I don't even allow myself to look at that until I can actually be in like work mode, I think that's going to be a huge mindset changer in the morning. I'll be happier with my kids getting them in the car. I will be in a better headspace. I won't be rushing to get them out the door so I can get busy doing other stuff. Um, you know, I, I can actually start my day on a timetable that I want to. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And I'll report let back me and know. let you know. <laughs> I think honestly, like try it like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something first. Or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> use yourself in. Yeah. Um, because I think it's just, unless you're like a cold turkey person, that's just like better at, at cutting things out. I'm, yeah. I'm that way. I'm like, if I make a change, I have to make like a, a, a change immediately. And then I stick with it for like months. If I just do like one day, like it will go away in a second. So well, it just depends on what is, your, what your jam is. Yeah. For me, a lot of it's out of convenience because I have like a little charging station next to my bed that it's like, it holds my phone, oh, yeah. my AirPods and my Apple watch charger. If I just move that away from my bed into the kitchen or even into the bathroom and let like that way in the morning, it's all, but like, I just, if it's not right. So I know for me, if I take the time to move that actual charging station somewhere else, then I'm going to be too lazy to want to move it back. And so it'll just end up staying there, which is where it needs to be. <laughs> I would start in the bathroom. So you have your security blanket. So it feels close, but not, but it's far away. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I may do that. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I would definitely let you know how it goes. So hey. yeah, I, and I think, like you said, these little changes, once that happens, once I'm used to not having my phone first thing in the morning, then maybe I'll make a habit of like, I'm not even going to check it until I get my workout in for the day, or I'm not even going to check it until I sit on the porch and drink my coffee each morning or whatever. Like, I think you're right. These little bitty, these small changes lead to the bigger changes. And ultimately a year from now, you'll look back and go, wow. I feel so much more grounded. I feel so much more like happier. I like those moments of joy. You find those little yeah. moments of joy because you're not so tied to the, these things you feel like you are supposed to be doing all the time. And I think the most important thing is just have grace with yourself. We, we make mistakes. We flub up. We decide something doesn't work for us and that's totally okay. We are hands down our worst critics. It's the yeah. exact, I mean, it's exactly how I said about when I burned out, no one else was responsible for it. I, I was 100% responsible for it. In a job that I loved, I just wanted... I, the amount of that I was pushing myself was because I wanted the affirmation from other people that I was doing a great job. I now know that even at 50%, I was still over-promising or I was still over-delivering on a job well done. So, yeah. and I think, you know what I mean? Like we just have to have a little more grace with ourselves. Cause if we don't have it for ourselves, we're not going to have it for others. Well, yeah. And I, I think it starts with having grace for ourselves, but then I also just think as a whole, as a community, we need to start respecting other people's boundaries in that sense, you know, like mm-hmm. being okay with the fact that like, Hey, if you text me at eight 30 on a Sunday, I'm not going to respond to you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we can accept it for ourselves, then yes, accepting it for other people too. We live in such a society where it's like instant gratification. If we send that email, we want the response. Like I just was trying to help somebody with their website stuff. And like, we were like, well, can we get on a chat with somebody right now? Because sending an email and waiting an hour just seemed unbearable. You know, I'm like, no, we need to get back to the idea that we are not on call 24 seven. And especially those of us that are running our own businesses, we feel like if we don't respond to somebody who texts us on a Friday night at eight o'clock that we're going to lose their business. And if no, that's does that doesn't need to be the mindset that we have. Otherwise we are going to burn ourselves out 
trying to keep up with the demands. Because if you respond to them at eight o'clock on a Friday with your email, and then what's going to happen when you start working with that person and they expect you to be there at their beck and call all the time, you have to set those boundaries in place early. They'll respect those. And then you can, you know, have a better working relationship with them. And honestly, we just came full circle because again, this comes back to not being defined by our careers and yeah. not, and not letting um, the, the, the expectations that we have on ourselves and others or that others have on us um, to really cloud uh, what in our job brings us joy, what in our life brings us joy and um, really setting those boundaries to be best at kind of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. encompassing. So then when we have an obituary, when we're in our nineties and we pass or we're, we're in our hundreds, um, that it talks about our legacy of who we are as people, not just that we had jobs. Yeah. You no, know, I think that's uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and clearly, like I mentioned earlier, conversation brings me joy. So I could have this conversation with you all day, every day. But I think we've we've come full circle. I think this is a good stopping point, so we don't, you know, wear people out in their earbuds. But um, well, thank you so much for this conversation. I I feel like it was really it was good. It was needed. It it definitely filled my cup for today. So I appreciate you being here and having this conversation with us today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was really fun. And honestly, the, the more I get to talk about people finding their purpose and like sharing my experience and journey. Um, that is my joy. So I always just hope well, that Well, thank I'm you for doing it. Well, tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about you or connect with you in any way or reach out to you. Sure. Um, Twitter uh, at Good Advice Co. And my website is www.thegoodadvicecompany.com. Perfect. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes so they can easily find you. Well, thank Great. you again so much for being here. And um, yeah, if you ever need anything else, feel free to reach out and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories, tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.